didn't, so I'm going to ask her again. Come up here. And my mom. I want my mom to come up here, too. Mom, Margaret, come up here. Thank you. I have to call her by her first name. That's what she used to do to me. Anyway, well, thank you for receiving me. When you receive me, you receive us. So this is my mother, Margaret, from Fort Mill, South Carolina, everybody. She goes over there to Todd's uh, Fresh Fire Healing Center, and uh, she's got some awesome things happening in her life. And she came to uh, my son Titus's birthday was Saturday, uh, and so she came out for his birthday and happened to stay for Love X. So hallelujah. And then I wanted to introduce y'all, for those that are visitors, to my wife, Millie, and let her say hi. Hi. <laughs> so I don't know about all that, like, most hottest girl in the world thing. We're just going to have to agree to disagree and leave it at that. I mean, Rochelle, Rochelle, you're pretty, but, you know, Millie, you, you got it going on. You know what I'm saying? You, you do it for me. You know what I'm saying? But um, anyway, so real quick, there's some incredible bakery goods being made out there at the Cafe Brasileiro or something. And um, so Krista said, if you will eat my cookie live, I'll give it to you free. So I said, that's manipulation. I rebuke you. But then I, I didn't say that because I said, that's a really good deal. So I think you guys are going to receive a fresh stirring of glory. If you would just buy for $2 or more these chocolate chip pumpkin cookies that are made with love by Krista's Kitchen. Does anybody want to try one? Pass them around. Take communion with them. Hallelujah. Honey, do you want to eat the rest of this? <laughs> oh, I need to get the Periscope going, too. Okay. Let's get the Periscope going. This is my home church, so I'm chill. Is that okay? But I'm going to give you guys the best I got, too, all at the same time. Put a little fireball. Anyway, why don't you turn to the person next to you? You guys know my drill. Turn to the person next to you and throw a little glory bomb at them. Give them a little fire. Glorybomb.com. That's my new website. Milo came up with that. Glorybomb.com. You know, when I moved to Vegas, oh, I like this guy. I moved to Vegas, people are like, yo, that's the bomb.com. And I'm like, that is so catchy. Now I own glorybomb.com. I mean, it's easy. It's simple. And uh, anyway, one more time, fire on somebody. Turn to the person next to you. Come on. I like Holy Ghost Noogies. You ever done that to the person next to you? Um, I've got a table back there, my book, my autobiography, How Jesus Delivered Me from Satan Worship, and He Unleashed Me to the World. It's back there today. We're going to do a special, like a two-for-one kind of deal. Um, a lot of people say, well, let me hear your whole story in a nutshell. And it's just not possible. But there's 200 pages out of a nutshell for you. Um, I've also got a teaching called Awaken Arise, Living a Lifestyle of Awakening. Who wants it? I want to sew it into somebody right now. I saw this guy here. Don't let it hit your head. If it does, we'll pray for healing. Hallelujah. I've also got this one called Angelic Activity, Awareness, and Activation. That's been our bestseller for like a year and a half now. Oh, wow. Are you from Chin's Chin? Chinny Chin Chin? Okay, here. I'm going to sew it into you. Chinny Chin Chin. I, lo I like to sew, and I love to, I love to if, if I can sew resources into people, I love to do that um, just to help them grow and learn and, and from our experience and the experiences that I've had. Uh, I've also got a, a CD, DVD pack back there. It's called the Infusion Pack. Four CDs, one DVD, a lot of glory. It's actually written right on the front. Isn't that cool? So, um, so those two teachings are on it plus some other ones. Uh, anyway, so how you guys doing? We're going to shift gears a little bit. Hallelujah. And um, God's been doing awesome things in Las Vegas. Who's not from Vegas or who does not live in Vegas right now? You don't. Look at that. Like half the crowd does not live in Vegas. By the way, welcome everyone watching on Periscope. Welcome everyone watching via the live stream. Are we live at Revival.me? Right? We're live at Revival.me as well. So spread the word. Let people know. Uh, we're going to have an awesome speaker tonight and tomorrow night and tomorrow morning too. It's going to be awesome. 
Um, so God's been doing some amazing things in Vegas. We've been having these, um, as far as what's been happening with us, like on the strip, a lot of people are asking me, Hey, what's going on with the strip? So we've been meeting on the strip as the Lord makes it possible. Uh, and we've just seen incredible, incredible things all the way down to people like, you know, up there, like on the strip, like protesting and saying, you know, God hates you and all this coming and getting wrecked by the love of God and, and just getting filled with the Holy spirit. And, uh, and, and then, and from that all the way to homeless people getting fed and receiving Jesus. And from that all the way to crazy manifestations of God's glory, where like we meet in the hard rock cafe and not only do lumps disappear out of people's bodies, but there's gold left on the seats and, and the, and the floor. And the manager's like, you can't meet here anymore because you're putting glitter all over my room. And I'm like, I'm not putting, I didn't, I don't carry glitter in my pocket guys. I know I'm an evangelist, but geez, you know, they, they don't all do that for crying out loud. Thank you, Jesus. But we've just been seeing the Spirit of the Lord show up so powerfully. We believe that uh, Las Vegas belongs to Jesus and uh, that his presence is is just drawing people right now. You know, there's so many, it's so open. So many people, uh, everywhere I go, I preach all over the country and people come to me, man, isn't it hard in Vegas? And I'm like, not really, dude. It, 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 we're sin abounds grace. We, we've got super abundance here. That's what's going on of grace. And people are so open. People are, are looking for an encounter. They're looking for pleasure. They're, you know, they're looking for stuff they're, and, and they're going to find it because the Holy Spirit's going to whack them. We were in a Denny's in North Vegas a couple of weeks ago and the, the glory broke out so heavy. We did a fire tunnel in the middle of the Denny's, like a moving prayer line. And, and, and the waitresses came through the fire tunnel and then people sitting and eating came through the fire tunnel. And now they come to all the gatherings on the strip, like they're just getting so rocked by the power of God, and, uh, and, and, and there's a lot more, but I'm not going to go into it because I'll just get so excited that I won't even get to get to what the Lord's given me for this morning. Um, so I had a certain idea, you know, and just because I have a, a testimony like, like I do doesn't mean that I need to share it at every single time I preach, but I'll recap it a little bit. And, and even up to this morning, I wasn't sure what God wanted me to release this morning, and um, Kind of like I went to Starbucks with my wife for a half hour before we came here. And then as soon as I sat there with the coffee, like, boom, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And um, so I got here and jotted down everything because I had an idea, but the Lord just changed it all up, right? And that's kind of best, isn't it, when things like that happen? Um, because I like to get fresh manna every day. Now, the gospel is, this, you know, it's, it's the message of the cross. It's, it's reconciliation. It's, that's the same message through all of eternity. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I love to get fresh manna, like, in the presence of God every single day. Like, that's what keeps me going. That's what restores me, renews me, refreshes me. And um, I don't like going to a region or even coming to my home church and, and just having something stale. I don't like that. I don't want to offer stale bread. I want to offer a beautiful, fresh pumpkin chocolate cookies in the glory, you know, to everybody. And um, those are available at the back, by the way. Thank you, Lord. Donation of $2 or more to Christus Kitchen. Um, so the Lord was speaking to me this morning about uh, prophetic patterns. Now, earlier this morning, and I think Jason and you guys, I think you're really going to appreciate this, but at the Starbucks, the Lord, Starbucks is like a place of encounter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And um, the Lord spoke to me prophetic patterns, and I wasn't really sure what that meant. But as I begin to write some things down that I felt in my spirit, uh, really what I'm feeling is just to exhort a little bit this morning on releasing the sons and daughters of God into kingdom purpose. A lot of times people know that they're called, but they don't know how to walk the call. They don't know what steps to take. And I just started this thing called supernatural life coaching. It's not life coaching. It's supernatural life coaching. <laughs> because my heart is I want to help people walk in what God's called them to, and even discover what God's called them to. And a lot of times, if we don't see in the spirit, or we don't know how to hear the voice of God, or we wrestle with, is it me, or is it the devil, or is it the flesh, or is it, you know, because we're taught that in a lot of religious circles, uh, we could just go in circles and not really walk in that, that just that pure purpose. How many of you would say you're, you're, you know that you're walking in pure purpose right now, every day? Be honest. It's good. I, I figured you guys would. Um, but now how many of you would say you're on a journey and you're discovering it and you know that you're going, moving that direction? 
all right, the rest of y'all need some deliverance. We're going to have to, <laughs> no, I'm joking. But um, we are going to pray for everybody. I want to pray for every single person at the end of this session. And obviously, Pastor Rochelle is going to be involved, Zach, my wife, and uh, some of the other leaders. But I really want to do that just to release and stir up in you and impart what I believe God's doing. So how many of you guys, taking it from walking in pure purpose right now to the day that, back to the day that you met Jesus, how many of you remember that day where you got sucked into the glory vacuum never to be seen again? It's just, it was a done deal. Okay. And what I mean by that is you got saved. You got saved. You had an encounter with Jesus. You woke up, whatever it was. Um, I want to start real quick with me. I was raised Seventh-day Adventist and my mom's here and she knows the story very well. Uh, Seventh-day Adventist is kind of similar to like Messianic Judaism in some senses, but um, point blank, I was scared to death of the devil and scared to death of God. That's just where I was at as a kid, my whole childhood. And so when my dad left and my life fell apart, I didn't know where to look because I was scared of God. I'm scared of the devil. So I looked within myself for answers. And then I started going to friends that I was meeting in this new public school, and they turned me on to Satanism. And you can read the whole story in the book, 200 pages. But really what Satanism is, is uh, it's a registered religion in the U.S., and it's really humanism at its finest is what it is. It's that you are your own God. That So... The answer to me that I was my own God was, was my escape out of being scared of God and scared of the devil. I could just be my own God. And so that was, that was why I kind of went that direction. I wanted power. I felt like God had abandoned me, like God was a liar. And um, without going into lots of details, the next couple of years, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, were, were really, really rough years for me. Not only did I, you know, hate God and hate Christians and got kicked out of churches because I was seeking answers, but uh, I... I wanted power. And so I would ask my friends to introduce me to witches and warlocks that could maybe give me power, you know, show me how to get power. And it worked for a while. And, you know, that stuff is real. I mean, there's, there's a spiritual world that you can tap into. And if you don't go through the door of Jesus, then you can, you can open up your heart to all kinds of crazy stuff. And, um, you know, getting into raising up, you know, summoning spirits and seances and Wiccan. And then I went from Wiccan into the next thing and then the next thing. And finally, when I was probably 17, right around 17, I discovered Satan worship. And now I wasn't scared of the devil anymore. Now I felt like God's been a liar all these years. So this is, this is my true master. And I went that direction and, um, saw lots of horrible things. And I was really at the point where I was getting into, you know, that place of that point of no return. I was just about there. And one of the lies that I believed, the main lie that I believed was that God could never, if, if God existed, uh, first of all, he wasn't who the Bible said he was, like who Jesus said he was. Number two, that God would never be able to forgive me because I'd gone too far. That was really the core of my belief was that I blasphemed the Holy Spirit, that even if God was real, he would never love me. He'd never accept me. He'd never, you know, and, and so I'll just kind of leave it at that. But it wasn't until um, I was on the road to Damascus. <laughs> Somebody help me. I was on the road to a Christian music festival to convert all the Christians I could to Satan one day. Hallelujah. I thought it was a great idea. I actually called myself a Satan evangelist. So, you know, I always knew I was an evangelist. Whatever side of the fence I was on, I was evangelist. It's just the way it was. I mean, I pictured myself, the great Satan evangelist, Rob Rodasty, as Rochelle would say. And, you know, I just totally exposed everything. But, um, and man, I was just so hardcore. I was so confident in my call, you know, in that. And I felt like that was an assignment like of, of hell, more or less, like that was what I was supposed to do uh, to prove to people that God was a liar. And so people wonder why I'm so radical now. Well, you know, to be honest with you, I've toned it down a whole lot. I got three kids, one going through cancer treatments. This year has been a very trying year for us. But, um, but, but I still, I always say, Lord, let me, don't let me lose, just intensify that fire. You know, the one beef Jesus had with the one church related to see you was you lost your first love, dude. Like, what's going on with you, you know? Get that flame back and get it back brighter than ever before. And so that's always been my heart's cry. After I had a radical encounter with Jesus while I was attempting to convert Satan, Satan like Christians to Satan people, to become Satan people, and we saw it a lot. I mean, 
we had all these seances and these meetings, and we'd, oh, people would oh, convert like that because they would see some kind of demonstration in the kingdom of darkness. They would, and they would be like, oh, my gosh, this is real, and then they would convert, you know. And uh, so we had a high success rate till I met Jesus. And then I didn't know what to do with myself. I was so crazy. My pastor shipped me off to Youth with a Mission in South America for two years. You know, they were like, we don't know what to do with this guy, you know. Remember, Mom, when we go over people's house, like aunts and uncles, and they, they, I, I swear they like me better as, as a Satanist because I just sit there, all doing my own thing, carving pentagrams and everything. But then I met Jesus. I went over their house trying to cast devils at everything, anointing. Anoint. I'm like, can I anoint your bed with oil? I'm like putting oil on their walls, and I'm praying in tongues, and I'm like, shock it up, so You know, I mean, it was just crazy, you know. And uh, but 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 everybody, I think the Lord's just he's he's. He's putting everything together in just such an awesome way. And it's such a blessing for us to be here and serving uh, at Encounter and at, with Church on the Strip and in any other way that God has us serving because I see how everything, I don't like the word balance, just never been a word that I really fancy a whole lot. But in the scheme of things, uh, you see how it's not balanced, but it's everything fitly fits together in harmony, right? Like rightly divided and just perfectly. And, and I see that happening in Las Vegas and, and, and it's really exciting to me. So, um, I'm going to open up the, uh, the, the book of fixes. That's what I call the book of acts. Cause anytime I need a glory fix, I open up the book of acts and I read it and I just get all pumped and I get all excited. And why I love the book of acts is because it shows us the original raw, uh, just People walking in the ministry of the Holy Spirit just after he was poured out, just raw, just how they learned and what they did and how they responded to things and all that kind of stuff. But as I was reading it, I realized that the Lord was wanting me to release about prophetic patterns because I believe that uh, every one of you guys, you're here at the Love Explosion Conference because you're hungry for more, yet you're, you're satisfied with what Jesus has done, but you're so hungry for more all at the same time. It's a crazy, like, paradigm, and I understand it 100%. I'm so satisfied with who Jesus is and what he's done. I'm going to get drunk now. And the wine, the new wine of the new covenant and the joy. But at the same time, I'm so starved to see other people come to the same satisfaction. As an evangelist, and, you know, I'm, I'm learning to walk in the pastoral, and I'm learning different, you know, to walk in different things here and there, I guess, if I need to. But, um, no, I'm just, but, um, I feel like there's just so many amazing things happening. And if we would recognize the patterns of heaven on our lives, you know, for so long, I mean, I got when, when I got saved, you know, or when I got awakened or when I got the Sheikah bamboozle or whatever you want to call it. And I got plugged into this church. They were so charismatic, so full gospel. You know, if you didn't speak in tongues, you weren't saved. And if you didn't, you know, and I, they tried to, you know, they tried to tell me one time, well, pretend you're speaking in German. Then, you know, I'm like, no. This is God. God's going to give it to me. I'm not pretending nothing. You know what I mean? And so it's so funny when people like come to me, oh, you're a fake, you're a charlatan. I'm like, you have no idea. Like, I am so against that kind of stuff. I refuse to even fake speaking in German. I said, if this is God, God's going to do it. And he did do it. And hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Took two months after I received Christ, though, because uh, I just wanted to make sure it was God. I was, you know, I, I wasn't sure what I thought about it. And, um, but anyway, you know, if you weren't, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. And if you never cast out a demon, then you don't have the Holy Ghost. And if you're, you know, and, and it would just go on and on. But, but there were so many things. And if I think back, the word, there are so many words that were associated with the kingdom of darkness for some reason, when they should be associated more with the kingdom of heaven. I, I don't know what the deal is. But one of those words was assignment, number one. Another one of those words was manifest, manifestation. Oh, they manifested. That, mean, that meant automatically they had a devil. Well, why doesn't it mean they have the Holy Spirit? Like, why, why, we need to, like, let our minds be renewed a little bit here. You know what I'm saying? So one of those words, assignment, I want to just take a moment and redeem that word in Jesus' name. Because it doesn't always mean an assignment of the enemy. In fact, I think before that, it means an assignment of hell. What if we went around, you know, when I prophesy to people, I, I hate saying there's an assignment of the devil on you. But we're just going to break it right now. How about I say there's an assignment of heaven on you. And if there's any other assignment, it's irrelevant because there's an assignment of heaven on you. There's an assignment of heaven on your life. You received a life sentence to live with Jesus forever. Hallelujah. An ambassador in chains. 
But seriously, I want to redeem all this stuff. And I think that's part of understanding each person, just like, just like your fingerprint is unique, right, in all the earth. God's fingerprint on you is unique in all the earth. You are a unique expression like a fingerprint. And, and there's nobody else that has to offer what you offer. I was telling my wife the other day, there's nobody else that could be to me what she is. She's everything. She's my soulmate. I know God put us together. I've never, I just know that I know that I know. And you were each a unique expression. And that includes our manifestations and our weirdness and our silliness and our struggles and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Somebody give me a praise hallelujah. All right. Understanding the pattern God has on your life, following the Holy Spirit at all costs, following the voice of God, following the leading, that urging that's inside your spirit, understanding and discovering the anointings God's put on your life and how to work together with other ministers. It's so sad that so many ministries can't work together because they just, they're like the clash of worlds and they're building these empires. And I'm like, dude, where's the kingdom in all this, right? Like, you know, I don't care if you have a 501c3 or a 501, I don't care. Like, where's the kingdom? If the kingdom's in it, then we're going to see certain fruit because there's a pattern of heaven and, and God is connecting the dots. And um, so let's start with Acts 2 real quick. Now, of course, everybody preaches on Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, all right? I'm not going to read all of it, but you know where it is. Acts chapter 2, this is the global outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Everything God does has a purpose. If he called you, he has a purpose for you, period. He didn't just call you to sit there and wallow in struggles the rest of your life and, and, and warm a pew with your little hot buns, sticky buns, you know. Like that's not what, if God calls, if he does something, there's a purpose to it. The reason he poured out the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, there was a purpose. It was so that the whole earth could hear the good news in their own tongue and that the good news they were preaching would be confirmed by God's own power, that they'd be clothed in the power from heaven, baptized in the power from heaven. Somebody say something. Okay. I'm not going to control you. I don't tell you what to say, but you got to say something. Hallelujah. Praise hallelujah. Shaka So the whole earth would hear the good news in their own tongue. That's the reversal of the Tower of Babel. You ever think about that? Like God and the angels confused the languages way back thousands of years before. And here he comes and the whole purpose, uh, he, he had a redemptive purpose in mind when he did Babel. The, the redemptive purpose was, one day, I'm going to reverse all this so that they can all hear the good news of my son in their own language. Like, God has a redemptive purpose for everything. Harold's buzzing right now. He is buzzing right now. And so you need to know God has a redemptive purpose on you. The good news would be confirmed with power. That's the purpose of Pentecost. So this was the foundational empowering. This was God granting full access. Full access to what? To his kingdom. That we could literally be agents of awakening. That we could literally release his kingdom everywhere that we go. Just let the living water flow out of our bellies. Just be Jesus to somebody in the earth. Does somebody hear what I'm saying? So he started a pattern in Acts chapter 2. Now, in next, next, next chapter, Acts chapter 3, I'll just read verses 19 and 20. Acts 3, 19 and 20. So they were, the disciples were encountering some heavy, heavy persecution. And there's a special grace available for heavy, for, for different seasons. Do we all know that? You understand that? So in Acts chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, uh, Here's what the disciples say. They say, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will again send Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Now we see suddenly that this is another, this is something different than, out, than outpouring at Pentecost. This is a time of refreshing. Okay, so what is that? This, there are literal waves, fresh waves of God's presence that hit people and regions that lead to renewed revelation of Jesus and who he is. I like to call it awakening. How many of you have felt a, a wave of God's presence before? Like, like it was literally like a wave. Pastor Zach, or I think it was Pastor Zach, when he was praying at the beginning, he said, Lord, let, it, let a tidal wave of your presence. How many of you have seen that? How many of you have had visions of tidal waves of God's glory? I had one when I was preaching in Hawaii. I had a vision, a, a literal like open vision of this tidal wave of God's glory just smacking the Hawaiian islands. And I know that that's happening right now. Um, 
but there's fresh waves and it's like a fresh grace. It's not the same thing as Pentecost, but it's something that's available for the lost as they change how they see themselves because they get a revelation of how God sees them. A lot of people ask me, you know, what's so important about Jesus? And I say, well, if you don't know who Jesus is, you're never going to know who you are. <laughs> you're always going to walk around wandering around lost in darkness because you don't, if you don't see who Jesus is, like like on the road to Emmaus, remember, they didn't, have, they didn't know who he was. And then all of a sudden he left and they're like, our hearts are burning. And then they knew who he was. See, when you realize who Jesus is, Shaba, put your hand on your heart. When you realize who Jesus is, your heart begins to burn. Something begins to change. The way you see yourself changes because you begin to get a show. That guy's getting hit right now. You begin to get a revelation of who God is and how he sees you. Because, of, because when he looks at you, he sees his son. But that doesn't mean he doesn't want to look at you because you're dirty, so he chooses to look at his son. No, no, no. You're righteous. You're holy because of his son and in his son. And that's all he knows. That's all he sees. That's, what, that, that, that's how he feels about you. Isn't that incredible? You know what's really addicting when you have a witch say, I never knew God felt this way about me. I wouldn't even have been in witchcraft. That's like the essence of the gospel, dude. Like prostitutes and people, I didn't know God felt this way about me. I wouldn't even have been doing this in the first place. Well, it's like, well, hallelujah, wake up and smell the glory. This is who you're meant to be. This is what you're created for. You're created for the glory. You're created for the purpose of God. So that times of refreshing come, these are literal fresh waves of God's presence that come during repentance. Angels they, 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 I believe they're sent from the angels that are rejoicing in heaven. That as the angels rejoice in heaven, when people are repenting on the earth and turning toward God and realizing who he is and how he feels about them and, and believing the truth of the gospel, that all that rejoicing in heaven literally kicks waves of God's presence and refreshes people as they come to the knowledge of Jesus. Next chapter, Acts chapter 4, 29 and 31. Here they are. They got heavy persecution, heavier than ever before. And here's how they deal with it. It says, verse 29, Acts 4. Now, Lord, consider all these threats that are coming against us and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. You say, well, didn't they already have bold? Well, clearly they needed a better boldness than they already had. Clearly they needed a fresh wave of grace. They needed something that would empower them to deal with the season that they were in. I know that we've needed that this year. When my son was diagnosed with leukemia in February, we needed a fresh grace. And the Lord visited me in the hospital. I woke up one morning, three in the morning, and I saw a white robe figure. I couldn't see the head because it was through the ceiling. But I saw a white robe figure standing on my son's body. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? I mean, it freaked me out for a minute, but then I felt all this peace in the room. And I called my pastor that ordained us in Pennsylvania, and I said, what do you think about this? They said, Jesus is showing you that he's got this thing under his feet, and that, that he is the strong place, and that this is done. And, you know, if the Lord hadn't visited me in the hospital, I, I, get, I, I gleaned a fresh grace from that. I gleaned a fresh wave from that. So here we are, Acts 4.29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Verse 30. Stretch out your hand. Everybody stretch out your hand. To heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. I love this. Verse 31. After they play, play, bloop, bloop. After they played, after they prayed, the place they were meeting was shaken. Turn to your neighbor and shake them a little bit. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. Well, if they spoke the word of God boldly before, well, they were just speaking it more boldly now. They had a fresh way, a fresh anointing, something, a fresh stirring to do. It was a pattern. The Lord was saying, I'm going to give you a pattern. So now I want you to ask for more boldness. And boom, here it comes. Jesus said, what you ask on earth, I'll, I'll grant it. You come together and you ask something in my name, I'm going to do it. Well, he just proved himself right there. Imagine what, what could we ask for? And Jesus says, I love to prove myself. There are fresh fillings of the Holy Spirit for believers. And this is different than the time of refreshing that comes on those who are awakening to their sonship for the first time and receiving that spirit of adoption. The refreshing is for restoration. And then the filling is for power. I'm going to say that again, if you didn't get that. The refreshing is for restoration. And the filling is for power. But love is the foundation of both. Love is the foundation of both. How many of you guys, you've felt, you've seen sick people on the side of the road and, and you felt once or twice in your life, oh, well, I don't really care. I've done it before. But the moment I step out in faith and say, no, 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 but my inheritance is heal the sick, 
and I go after it, I get hit with such an agape love. It's not human. It's not a human love. It's not a love that I can, that I can drum up in my being. It's like a literal anointing that's just stirred up in me. And love says, go. But when you get the heart of the Father, you can't not go. You can't spell the gospel without go. Come on, somebody. Now, of course, an evangelist would say that. But the, re- the, the refreshing is for restoration. The filling is for power. Now we go on to Acts chapter 8. I love this story because this is a specific, classic example of a heavenly assignment. I'm not going to read all of it, but if you just write in your notes, Acts chapter 8, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. He leaves like this regional revival, right, to go to this one person. And the one person happened to be one who had no future, if you know what I'm saying. One that was despot, one that was just a servant to the Candace. Candace wasn't her name. Candace was actually like a, a pharaoh. It's like a queen. That he was the servant, and he was like the treasurer of all Ethiopia. And so the Lord, it was, a, it was an assignment, a specific assignment that was on Philip. And I'll just read this much. Acts 8, I'll, I'll start at verse 26. says this, but an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. Oh, hallelujah. The desert road. Somebody say glory. This is the desert road right here. Thank you, Lord. But seriously, what I love about this is an angel showed up. How many of you have had an angel show up? Well, that's more than I thought. Awesome. I love how there was a specific angel assigned to Philip for a specific assignment. And as soon as he did it, it like brought revival to a whole nation. And then a sign and a wonder happened. (laughs) He was sucked up into the glory and he was deposited 50 miles away or more, something like that, in a totally different area. He couldn't make that happen. But because he yielded to the assignment that the angel of the Lord put before him, it's like he received this special love and the spirit of might came on him and he just, crazier things begin to happen. This crazier stirring begin to happen inside of them. This crazier impartation begin to happen inside of them. You're going to see over and over in Scripture that angels are assigned to the heirs of salvation. You are an heir of salvation. H-E-I-R. It says in the book of Hebrews, chapters 1, chapter 1, verse 14, angels are assigned to the heirs of salvation. They're ministering spirits sent. Okay, so what do we do with that? Well, There's something I want to get to here in a minute, but first I want to say this. I talk about angels when I'm led to because I just feel like the the, the American Western church is in denial of the supernatural half the time. And do you know why? It's because the spirit of religion has taught us that the supernatural and the natural are at war with each other, that they're not, they can't coexist, that it's one or it's the other. Now, I'm not talking about flesh and spirit. I'm just talking in general, just the supernatural versus the natural. But I believe in Jesus. These things have kissed. We have full access all the time. And if we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, we have no business denying the supernatural. None. Because you're literally denying part of your inheritance if you deny the supernatural. Now, I'm not saying you have to know your angel by name, okay? Now, I know people that do, but you don't have to. You don't have to be like, hey, Bradley came and spoke to me this morning on the edge of my bed. <laughs> then he turned into a woman angel with golden locks. I'm like, okay, you need deliverance. <laughs> but seriously, you don't need to know the name of your angel, but never assign what God has assigned for your destiny. People call it, even in the world, people who guardian angel. Well, that's really what it is. Paul had an angel that appeared to him all the time. And in the midst of shipwreck, this angel of the Lord showed up and gave him a prophetic word of encouragement. Everybody has ministering spirits assigned to you for your call, for your destiny, for your giftings, for the discovery of everything God has for you. And you have no business denying Honestly, it could mean the difference between seeing a massive regional awakening or revival and seeing absolutely nothing if we do not follow the patterns that the Lord lays out and see what the Father's doing and go after it and be intentional about it. It could be the difference between living and dying. 
I'm going to give you some scriptures and then some personal examples here in a minute. Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 6, says this. They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Oh, man. Did you, get, did you know the Holy Spirit forbids things, right? We just have this, like, goopy, gloppy. But the Holy Spirit, we need to be attentive. If God's not saying go to Iraq, you can have a heart for Iraq, but wait until <laughs> God says go, right? But love always says go. Don't, don't get me started now. Of course it does. Loving people. Uh, verse 7, Acts 16. And after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. Again, the Holy Spirit is here to guide us into all truth. And sometimes it'll be angels of the Lord. Sometimes it'll be the Holy Spirit. Sometimes uh, it'll just be a pressing in our heart, which is the Holy Spirit working in some way. But we've got to, to begin to say, Lord, let me recognize the prophetic patterns on my life. If I'm going to be like the wind of the Spirit, I, that doesn't mean get blown about with all winds of doctrine. That's not what that means. That means being led by the Spirit in every step. But if we don't see what the Father is seeing, if, if, if we can't, Here's the deal. We can't do what the Father's doing if we can't see what the Father's doing. And so that's why I love to pray for people to be activated in the seer realm so that they can begin to see. It doesn't mean you have to see all this spiritual stuff all the time, but even if it comes by impressions, but we need to see what's happening in heaven so that we can do it on the earth. We know what's happening in heaven, but what if God's saying, hey, go to this city, like, like Philip, go to this city. You're going to meet a certain person. Boom. It's destiny. It's going to blow up. It's going to happen. It's going to bring revival. It's going to bring awakening, whatever. It could be the difference between living and dying. I remember me and my wife, you know, we slept on the streets of Venezuela when Hugo Chavez was president, okay? Some people think that I'm just some, you know, wishy-washy preacher that likes to go shop at affliction stores and just live my life and post annoying stuff on social media. Controversial stuff on social. No, me and my wife have slept in the stinking streets in Venezuela when Hugo Chavez was president, where we had to trade on the black market or where we could not have even eaten food. We wouldn't even have survived and we were stuck in the country because we didn't have the, they, they wanted to fine us to leave the country and we didn't have the money, so we're stuck in the country. You know, we've had bazookas pointed at our heads in Colombia in the jungles, okay? People don't realize this stuff because the book about it's not out yet, but piddly do. People don't realize, and I'm not, I'm not building us up. I'm saying we've been in situations where we had no choice but to say, Lord, what's the blueprint of heaven? Because we're going to die if we don't get the blueprint of heaven. When we were in Mexico, we're about to evangelize in this marketplace, and the Holy Spirit spoke to us so clearly and said, get out. And, I mean, our, our outreach leader was so offended he was like, what do you mean get out? We you know, barely started. I said, look, I, we both feel really strongly that we need to leave right now. As soon as we left, a gunfight breaks out. And all these Mata Salvatrucha and all these gang members start killing everybody in the market. It was on the front news of the page the next day. We've got to be attentive to the prophetic patterns of heaven. I remember when we were in Bolivia. Anybody been to Bolivia? I lived in Bolivia for a few months. Me and my wife were in Bolivia. Jesus healed her gallbladder in Bolivia. I don't have time to go into the whole story, but it's, it's too much to get into right now. But it was insane. Anyway, we're walking in the trenches like 10 o'clock at night somewhere we shouldn't have been. And we're, you know, we're, we speak Spanish, but, you know, we still got a little accento gringo going on there. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, yo quiero Taco Bell type thing. And there was this gang of like eight guys and they begin to follow us. And uh, they begin to say nasty things to my wife and they started going after her. And I'm thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm one person and these guys are like eight guys. I mean, I need heavenly intervention at that point. I need it. I, 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 can't, I can't live without it at this point. Or these guys are going to hurt my wife. They're going to take my wife. And so I remember I, I'm praying. I'm like, God, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I felt this. I felt this boldness just bubble up inside me. Uh, it's just, you ever feel something just bubble up in you and you just have to release it? So I felt this boldness bubble up inside me. And I remember I turned around and I just said, stop. I mean, it just came out of my mouth. And all, you remember this? All these guys, like eight of them, they stopped and they went, and they turned around and ran. 
Now, I can't make that happen. But I thank God that we're tuned in and that we know that he's posted angels and assigned angels to us that would lead us in the pattern. There's a prophetic pattern like a fingerprint on every single one of your life. And I'm telling you, you have specific angels assigned to you. Almost every picture we had when, when she was pregnant with Titus, she had this little orb of light over her belly. Almost every single picture we took when she was pregnant with Titus. Like the Lord has told us from the beginning, I've got this kid. I've got him. I've got him. I could tell you so many other stories, but God wants to show you that he's got your back, but we cannot deny that we're seated with him in heavenly places and we're operating from heaven, even though we're living on the earth. There's a prophetic pattern. Each one of us, each day, You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't really get into all the supernatural stuff. I just love Jesus, and I just, you know, people pray with me to receive Jesus. Well, that's great. That's wonderful. I mean, I've been there, but what they don't, somewhere along the line, they have an unhealthy understanding of supernatural. I think you have a crazy book people could read on this. What's it called? Spiritual Realities. You need to read that book. But people have this unhealthy understanding of supernatural somewhere along the way because they don't understand that the workings of the supernatural instill a love beyond human comprehension. They, they really do because they point to Jesus. The whole purpose of the superna- of, of signs and wonders is to point people to Jesus and to confirm the deity of Jesus and the divinity of Jesus and the power of Jesus. People say, well, I don't like praying for healing because, well, you've been hurt. Because healing should point people to Jesus. Well, I don't like praying for resurrection of the dead. Well, the purpose for resurrection of the dead is to bear witness to the resurrection of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. If you've got some angel talking to you that's not pointing you to Jesus, it's not an angel from Jesus. (laughs) But seriously, guys, don't apologize for the supernatural. Some people feel like they had a vision they know God showed them something, but they have to apologize. They, they want to share it with their youth group, but they got to apologize to God. Well, I got to apologize because I know this is really crazy. I know it sounds really strange. And I know it sounds... This is part of God's pattern for your life. This is part of... It, it, really, you know, people... No, well, what's being a Christian? Honestly, you know what being a believer is? It's somebody who said, God, I'll take your super for my natural. Boom. That's it. It's God adding his super to your natural. Everybody's got natural. Well, God puts a super. At the moment you believe, his super is added to your natural because you come into this realm of adoption, this realm of sonship, and everything begins to change. Honestly, a Christian is, I mean, what a Christian should be is somebody who's just enjoying a whole lot of, a whole, a whole lot of heaven in their body before they die. (laughs) They're enjoying a whole lot of heaven before they die. Encountering the love of Jesus before they leave their body. We don't want to wait for everybody to leave their body to experience the glory. But the glory is not some distant, far away. The glory is the it's, it's literally the riches and the Shekinah of God. It's, it's, it's his kingdom. It's in us. It's everywhere. And it provides what we need. That's why last night when I did the offering, I talked about sowing into God's glory. I'm not trying to sound all super spiritual, but you're, you can't go wrong when you pour into God's glory. Whether it's finances, whether it's time, whatever. You can't go wrong because it's what you were created for. The workings, to me, what I've seen in my life is the workings, and we've seen crazy stuff. Yes, I know our son's going through cancer treatments. No, not everyone we prayed for has ever been healed. But the ones that have pushes me to move on and keep doing it. We we have to be not just consistent, but we have to be, like, 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 determined. We got to be intentional. When you go out on the streets... You, you don't just say, well, we'll see what God does. No, yeah, yeah. You get, you're intentional. You're intentional about loving people because the supernatural, everything that has to do with signs and wonders and all that stuff, it instills a love beyond human comprehension and it points to Jesus. That's the purpose for it. The reason that Peter had the vision in Acts chapter 10 with, the, with all the, the sheep, with all the animals, he, it, was, it, was, it was a supernatural sign to convey to him the reality of the finished work of Christ. It pointed to Jesus. It points to Jesus. The spirit of religion will always bring separation. 
separate the natural and the supernatural. In reality, when, when you're adopted as a son, God's like, hey, here's my super. I know you got the natural, but guess what? Now you're one. This is kissed. This is who you are now. Signs and wonders are not just what we do or what we pray for. It's who we are. You ever seen that in the Pirates of the Caribbean where, like, they come into the moonlight and, and he's like, this is not something, whatever, Miss Vaughn. You're in one, you know. But I'm taking it for the kingdom, right? Signs and wonders is this is not just what we do. Arr. It's who we are, matey. This is what's coursing through your veins. It's your inheritance. Look at your neighbor and say, God, just toss your super onto, onto their natural, Jesus' name. Come on. Thank you for the mind of Christ. Thank you for a whole lot of glory just exploding out of their bellies. Boom. Or as Harold would say, Hoo-ah. or as Todd would say, bam. Or as Crowder would say, I don't know what Jason does, but if I knew. What does he do, guys? What does Jason do? Ah! All right. Thank you, Lord. You're all a unique expression, and you all have a pattern, and you all have angels assigned to you. You know, when I pray for the sick, and I could go into a lot of things, but I want to try to wrap up here. When I pray for the sick, there's an agape that comes on me that's only available in the anointing. I I can't drum it up within myself. There's an agape. It's not that I don't love people. I had a struggle for years loving people. But as I got to know the anointing, God changed my heart for people. But, but when the anointing comes on me and I begin to pray for the sick, and, and I, there's just this, there's this agape love that I just can't describe to you because it's straight from the throne room. And it'll just, it'll just bust out of you like rivers of living water. Like you can't even control it because you didn't create it in the first place. It didn't come from you. You're just the vessel. I've had moments where I don't don't care, Lord, pray for them. I don't feel like it. But all of a sudden, my heart changes because the anointing hits me, and I feel the heart of God for these people, and then they're healed, and I'm like, man, thank God I yielded to that, right? Now, if you don't, I'm not saying, oh, be condemned and all this, but, you know, just be attentive. Just be attentive. There's two main patterns I I see throughout the ministries of the New Testament regarding walking in somebody's heavenly call. Number one, the Holy Spirit led them. And number two, the holy angels guided them. And I'm not trying to talk about witchcraft or new age because those people see angels too. I'm not trying to talk about all that. I'm talking about the holy angels that confirm who Jesus is and that are in line with the word and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit's doing, all right? But when you follow the prophetic pattern laid out for you, here's the thing. You're going to see results that only heaven could give you. A lot of times you wonder why, God, why am I not seeing the results I know I'm called to see? Why am I not seeing? Well, maybe you're, maybe you're not heeding something like the Lord's saying, dude, I've got this all laid out for you, but you're over here want, wallowing in the way you always think you should do things. But I'm saying, I'm, I'm offering you a new wineskin. I feel like that's for somebody this morning. I'm offering you a new wineskin, a fresh, something fresh, a fresh wave. A fr- just, just, just yield to heaven on your life and see things change. You're going to see fruit you never saw before. It's not just going to be good. It's going to be great. It's not just going to be revival. It's going to be revolution. You know what revolution means? It means a permanent, lasting, fundamental change. I want that kind of fruit in my life and in my marriage and in my ministry. Permanent, lasting, fundamental change. I want to see it in the streets. I want to see it in the churches. So who's willing to be God's glory revolutionary? Who's willing to say, Lord, I'll bring the change. I'll be the change. I'll be the more, like Pastor Zach always says. God, I'll be the more. I'm not going to apologize for the supernatural anymore. I'm not going to apologize for manifesting in the Holy Spirit like I did. I'll never do that again. Don't apologize for it. It was God doing something in your heart. Don't apologize for it. You don't need to apologize to anybody or to yourself. A revolutionary will bring lasting change to the church and to the streets. My heart at its core is awakening in the streets and revival in the church. I mean, just full circle, baby. If we're not having revival in the church, how are we going to have awakening in the streets? What are we going to do with them when they come in? We're just going to have religion to offer them. 
sons are heirs. And you know, you might be called to, you say, well, the pattern on my life is the Lord's visited me and showed me I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to be a prophet. That's all great. But if you, if you're not a son first, you're never going to be a good pastor or a good teacher or a good prophet. If you want to be a great teacher, a great pastor, a great prophet, a great evangelist, you've got to know, you've got to have the sonship thing going on. You've got to know you've been adopted. You've got to know who your daddy is. You're not going to have the fruit and the results that you know that you were born to see. And I feel like God's saying, I'm ready for my revolutionary lovers to arise, my revolutionary pastors to arise, my revolutionary teachers and apostles and evangelists and prophets. Why is it revolutionary? Because they have a foundation that they're a son, that they're a daughter. So when angels show up, they know angels are just heirs ministering to the sons and the daughters of God. It's normal. When people's tumors pop off their bodies, they're like, well, of course. We're sons and daughters. Of course that's going to happen. That doesn't happen for half the pastors and evangelists I know. Because they have no clue who they are. They're trying to drum it all up and stir it all up and build some empire. And they don't even know. They have no clue. Like the adoption papers are wallowing around in the second heaven somewhere. They haven't just taken hold of it and just say, I'm going to own this. Right? I want to pray for everybody. Because I'm going to close here in a second. Last thing I want to say is this. Sons are heirs and they have full access into the family. Angels, giftings, healings, resurrection, joy. Joy is a really important one. You know why I love joy so much? You know why joy is so imperative? It's one of the greatest weapons in your heavenly arsenal. You know why? Because the devil ain't got none. The devil doesn't have any joy. That's one, that's one of the things you can have the devil cannot have. He's got no joy. And when the joy of heaven's poured out in you, it's going to shake up regions. It's, I believe there's angels assigned to release joy. Like the Lord showed me one time at 3 o'clock in the morning in Talkeetan, Alaska, in this little tiny trailer, he showed me two of my angels. One of them was a wine barrel. Like he had wine barrels, like the new wine. And you release joy. And people would always say, Rob, how come I get so whacked when you preach? And I'm like, it's not me. It's, there must be a ministering spirit that's a sign to release joy. And I'm just going to say this in layman's terms. A ministering spirit that's a sign to release joy. Or a wine angel that comes to whack everybody, whatever, however you want to put it. And then the Lord showed me another one of my angels, and these are the only two I've ever seen. I don't know how many I have. I know I have two. And the one, the other one was a warlord angel. Like an authority, it was like an authority, a ministering spirit of authority. And I said, what does that do? He said, that's why you see so much victory over witchcraft and Satanism because of this ministering spirit I've assigned to your ministry and your life. So what I want to do is I felt I had a couple things. I had a couple words of knowledge I wrote down. I want to call out because I'm done with the message now. And I also want to prophesy on three people. I don't know why, but I felt like the Lord led me to, to prophesy on three people at the end of this. And then we're going to pray for everybody. Um, shaka. Real quick, I want to be intentional about this. I wrote down four things. And see, this is how you exercise stuff, guys. You, you can't just go out there, I'm going to release heaven, and then you don't even prepare. You don't, even, you don't receive anything from the Lord. You don't ask the Lord for anything. You don't want to see angels. You don't want to. You don't always have to see angels, but like you don't want to, you just, well, whatever God does, he does. That's not intentional. You got to be intentional. And so every time, every time I'm even up here praying for prayer ministry, anything, I, I always ask before, God, give me, give me something. I want to be prepared. I want to have, some, I want to come to the altar with something. I want to come with something. I want to bring something. So the first thing is tailbone. Does that make sense to anybody? I know, I know you all have tailbones. But does anybody have pain in your tailbone or that area or something going on, like nerve thing, lower back near the tailbone region? Is that you? Okay. What, do you, what is it? Do you get pain here or what? Okay. Because I felt like it may have been a, a, a nerve type thing around the tailbone area. So that's you. Okay. Stand up. You don't have to come up here. Just stand up. All right. Everybody stretch your hand toward her. So, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name right now. Whoosh, right now, 
like a bowling ball of heaven, right into her belly, right into the lower back, right into the legs. Right now, the fire of God coming over you and burning that stuff out. No more pain in Jesus' name, I declare it right now. I thank you, Father, that it is healed right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, right now. Yeah, move it around. You feel something happening? What is it? It's burning. All right, just stay there. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, listen, guys, stay there. Keep, keep doing that. Things will happen when the presence of God shows up. Like last night, Zach didn't even, he only prayed for a couple people. But, like, people were getting so rock, racked, rocked and whacked at the same time. Racked. Grounded, pounded, and astounded. Whatever you want to call it. Roasted, toasted, holy ghosted. Just because the presence of God showed up. And that'll happen. It happens at Bethel a lot. I think they kind of cultivated that atmosphere. But then there's times where we're intentional, we call things out, and then there's times where we have prayer lines. You just, there, it's, a, it's all a pattern. What's heaven doing? And you just do it. So thank you, Father. What's going on? Really? Does it feel different? It's radiating up to your arm right now? Dude, I'm going to get hit right now. It's done in Jesus' name. It's done right now. All right. Okay. Second one, diaphragm right here. Something with the muscles in the rib or chest area, and it affects breathing. That was the second thing. That's Allison. Okay. Since last night. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. And it, that's what I felt. It caused fear, and it gripped you like... Okay, stand up. Everybody put your hands toward Allison. Shuba. Who's got faith for this? Who's got faith? Carol. Boom. Do it. Put your hand on her. Put your hand on her. Father, right now. I need to come over there. Father, right now in Jesus' name. I speak to these muscles. I speak to every nerve in your body. I release you in the name of Jesus. Break. I thank you, God. It is done. I thank you, Lord, for freedom. The whole diaphragm, the whole chest, every muscle in the chest, every nerve, God, every rib, every organ, lining up with the pattern of heaven right now. In Jesus' name, it is done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Keep your hands on her. Allison, what do you feel? Tightness? Okay. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. It is done in Jesus' name. Whoosh, right now. Just the rushing wind of heaven right now. Rabba. Stay in it. Keep your hands on her. Numbness. Number third. Number third. Three. I'm drunk. Third. Third. Numbness. I really felt like this was specifically maybe jaw or neck or head area. Numbness. Who's that? Stephen? Mitch? Thank you, Father. All right. Stand up while Mitch is standing. Stand up, Stephen. Can, can, can somebody, can somebody, because we're going to, I'm going to pray for everyone anyway, but I want to, I'm just, I want to activate you guys. I know you're already activated. I want to stir you up. Can somebody get back there, lay your hands on Stephen and Mitch, their, their, their jaw, their head, whatever, wherever they say the numbness has been happening. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name right now. All right. And now, just because it is finished doesn't mean you're not intentional about stuff. You're intentional because it is finished. Because we know that this is already done in the heavens, we can go after it on the earth. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I take authority over numbness right now. And Mitch, too, guys, don't leave him out. He's up, there on the, he's up there in the sound booth. I take authority right now, in Jesus' name, over numbness, over pain, over tingling in the head, the jaw, the neck. Lord, I thank you. It's finished right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, I see a ministering angel walking in the back of the room and touching both of you right now. And ripping those nerves back back, and, and, and positioning them correctly in the name of Jesus right now. I command vertebrae to line up. Right now, as this is happening, guys, there's people that are sitting right here, and your backs are being healed. There's backs being healed as this is happening because the healing angels are back there ministering. Lord, I thank you right now. Backs are being healed. Who needs their back healed? Raise your hand up if you're sitting and just sit in it. Your back Right now, Lord, touch backs. Touch backs. Touch vertebrae in the name of Jesus. 
Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God. Touch vertebrae and backs right now. Touch tailbones. Touch shoulders. Does anybody feel anything happening in your back, your shoulders, your your hips? The Lord just said hips, hips, hips. Who needs hips healing? Hips. Who who wants to be hip? Hallelujah. Hip healing. Hips. Hips. Put your hands on your hips then. Father, in Jesus' name, right now. Right now. Thank you, God. Fire on it in Jesus' name. Right now. Every hip lining up. Chiropractic angels <laughs> coming into the room, lining up hips in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. I could use a masseuse angel right about now. Thank you, Lord. All right, the last thing, and the Lord, this was really clear, really clear during worship. Dude, I love what you got, what God's put in you, Michael. Just incredible. I was so blasted during worship. And the Lord's very clearly, I heard the Holy Spirit whisper, skin reactions. I don't know who that's for, but okay, there's one. Is there more? I think there's more than one. Two, three. Who else? Skin reactions. You need skin reactions to stop. There's, you've had to issue skin reactions. And yeah, come up here. Thank you, Lord. All right, skin reactions. Skin reactions. This is the last word of knowledge we're doing. Skin reactions. Thank you, God. Are you going to receive it for who? Your twin sister. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. I want my wife to lay hands on you. And everyone else, raise your hand if you were skin reactions. Okay. Look, at. I knew there was more than one or two. Thank you, God. Fire right now in Jesus' name. Keep your hand raised. Now I want you to go like this and just grab like you're taking ownership of something. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, Lord, I command skin reactions to dissolve and stop in the name of Jesus right now. It is finished. You and you for your family members in Jesus' name right now. Whoa. Thank you, God. It is done right now. Skin reactions. The power, Lord, ho, the power, ho, the power of heaven. Lord, completely dissolving skin reactions in in Jesus' name, I thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone watching on Periscope, receive the glory. All right. Okay, we're done with words of knowledge for now. Um, now what I want to do, lastly, is I do want to prophesy over three people, but I'm not going to call you up individually and do it because I think we just, you know, everyone's, I mean, I'm picking up on stuff, guys. I see steaks and cinnamon rolls floating around in the atmosphere right now. I know what you guys are thinking about. <laughs> but I want to stir up an impartation in you so that this fire burns hotter than ever before. That's my heart for this session that the fire would burn hotter than ever before and that the prophetic patterns of heaven would fall into place in your life. Especially Jeff, Nangel, I really felt this strongly for you. I literally, now I'm prophesying. I didn't even realize it. All right, you'll be one of the one then. I didn't know you were going to be one of the one, but I saw very clearly during worship, I saw like Tetris blocks, the prophetic pattern just lining up. And you were just had this joy and you were dancing on it. Even though it looked... Come up here. Jeez. I, I got to be obedient. Somebody come up and just stand with him. All right. So even though it looked, it looked deformed, it looked disfigured. But when you realize how it came together, you begin to rejoice. And the Lord said, everything that comes together at first, it's going to look different. It's going to look strange. It's going to look, it's, it might look like a snake, but then you realize that it's a scepter. I don't even know what that means, but the Lord just said that. You might, it might look like a snake, but you realize it's a scepter. I'm handing you a scepter of authority uh, for health and wellness. And I see this in business. I see this in, in ministry. I see this in, uh, in, in different realms of influence, God. I thank you in Jesus' name for that right now. And, Lord, that you're taking the snakes and turning them into scepters of authority, uh, like a rod of authority. And I see it in your hand and you pointed at governments and you pointed at nations and I thank you God it's finished right now in the name of Jesus and that the work in his health is a completed work right now fire on you
I feel like Jack Sparrow. <laughs> I can't even see right now, love. <laughs> Why is rum gone? <laughs> Rum's never gone, love. Wow. Okay. Um, Jesus. I wasn't planning any of that. Thank you, God. All right. Thank you, Lord. I don't know who the other two are. Lord has shown me. So let's just get into <laughs> Shuba. Michael, would you mind coming up and, and playing? And because it's gonna, I need you. I need you. I need what you have for this to all work together fitly and frame together. I want to do impartation, and I want Pastor Zach Rochelle. I want my wife and myself and any other leaders of encounter or speakers, Harold, if any of you want, feel led to be involved, I'm not going to tell you have to, but what, if you feel led to, you're Linda, you're definitely Lindsay, you're welcome. Um, but I, can I, is there any other, can I get a few other musicians up here? Because I want, I want to, I want to punch. I want to, this is going to pack a punch, guys. This is going to pack a punch. Shuka. Oh my gosh. It's going to pack a punch. I mean a drummer, by the way, because <laughs> Laris packs a punch of glory in that little glory gut he's got. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm gone, guys. I'm gone. I'm gone. Did you ever see the Jungle Book where Baloo's like, I'm gone, man. Solid gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. I got a prickly pear of the Holy Ghost. I'm gone. I'm gone. So really quick, he's gone. So we want to honor you guys. He wants to pray for every single person, and I want you to get imparted if you want to. But we also want to just honor your afternoon. So if you don't want to stay, have lunch, come back tonight. We'll open the doors at 630 again. Um, but we want to stay and pray for people. So we're here. And um, so <laughs> cause he's just, you know, Rob's whacked, and he wants to get you guys all whacked. So stay if you want. But if you want to have some lunch, we want to release you to do that. And we love you guys. Uh, tonight, come back at uh, 630. Harold Eberly is bringing the word tonight. Uh, we're so, we love him. Lindsay and Zach are going to do worship tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Russell Johnson from Seattle, Wendell McGowan. They're going to bring it. If you guys want to get whacked again tomorrow, I guarantee you it's going to be the same. Um, and then tomorrow night, uh, Jason Chin's going to bring the word. So we love you guys. Uh, yeah, that's it.